Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1008. The success that we've had has always been that we've surrounded ourselves with great people. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Doug Buchanan. Hey, Doug, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up and I am ready. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Doug Buchanan is the owner of Wren's Display in Omaha, Nebraska. His is a company he purchased from his father back in 1987. The company goes all the way back to Doug's grandfather, Gus, who purchased the Wren's company in 1935. Doug's company specializes in large format graphics, trade show exhibits, and interior branding. And recently, Doug launched GarageGraphics.net, where they produce very large automotive artwork and top automotive artists from around the world. He works with his wife, Dawn, and their children, so the Buchanan family business continues to the next generation. By the way, Doug is also a vintage racer. So, Doug, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your company and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, the, the Renz is a, is a really interesting company. We were founded in Omaha in 1895, so we're over 120 years. Wow. Long, long time. And uh, my grandfather bought this company in 1935. And I think my grandfather was the guy that really started the passion for automobiles. You know, he had a 1909 Stoddard Dayton. He had L29 Cords. He had Jag sedans. He just, uh, and he kind of lit the fire uh, that that my father uh, had and still has, actually. And then I think that was passed down to me. But uh, Renz has been a lot of fun, and uh, it's been interesting to watch that uh, the company grow. Oh, absolutely. Before I get into the questions, tell us a little bit about this newly launched Garage Graphics. Because, of course, we are here on Cars Yeah. So the listeners here love cars, just like you do. But tell us a little bit more about what kind of things you provide to us enthusiasts through garagegraphics.net. Well, thanks. Garage Graphics uh, really started back when I was vintage racing. I was uh, tracking and traveling the country and watching all of the enthusiasm for for vintage racing, and I came up and, and trademarked the, the name uh, Garage Graphics. And at the time, with my business, which is the parent company, Renz Display, we were printing on aluminum, on, oh, cool. on aluminum sheets up to uh, 5 foot by, by 10 foot, and wow. doing some really, really cool work. But the problem with it was at the time is that, you know, people were very willing to spend some money on a beautiful art piece, but it was costing a fortune for it to travel across the country. Mm, yes. And so I kind of let it go for a while. And recently, with the advent of dye sublimation fabric printing, which has really changed the way that we here at Renz are building exhibits and doing interior branding, it completely changed in the fact that we can now do displays, both frontlit and backlit, up to 10 foot by 40 foot using oh my gosh. fabric and an aluminum profile, an aluminum frame, and yet uh-huh. I can ship them by UPS ground. So uh-huh. it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with it. 
Well, this is cool. Now, sublimation of material or fabric, what kind of fabric is there? Are we talking about? Is it a canvas or a silk? No, all the fabric is actually polyester. And uh, yeah, dye sublimation, uh, our our printers are Italian. The work is just uh, phenomenal, especially when it's backlit. The Italians, I think being the fashion leaders, have just really got it going on with with their printers and what they're doing in, uh, in the quality. And uh, so uh, combining 126-inch wide bolts of fabric, it prints, goes through what's called a sublimation device, which is about a 400-degree calendar or cylinder unit, which permanently dyes the fabric, uh, and it outgasses. And it's even, you can even throw it in the wash. Uh, oh, wow. It, it's really a very cool process. Ah, sounds fantastic. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, something that has some great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Doug, take the wheel. Well, thank you. I, uh, You know, I'm a fifth generation of my family to be an entrepreneur. My great-great-grandfather settled in Omaha in 1875, and he opened a lumber yard. Then, then my great-grandfather was president of the Omaha Grain Exchange, and starting in 1935, my grandfather bought the business, which my father ran for years and the business that I now own. And I, I think that in every case, at, at least for sure with my grandfather, my father, and with me, I think the success that we've had has always been that we've surrounded ourselves with great people. And one of the things that my father uh, instilled in me when it comes to managing people, he, you know, he always said to treat them like they're volunteers, because tru- truly in the end, they are. They can, they can walk out any time they want. Right. You know, when you own your own business, the only person who can't walk out is you. <laughs> yes. And yeah. so, you know, I've never forgotten that. And, and in the 40 years that I've been involved uh, since college, I've been involved and actually started working when I was a junior in college at the company. I've I've seen four people retire from Wren's with 40 years of service. My goodness. And uh, wow. currently I have three people that are uh, that are approaching 30 years of service. So I believe that uh, treating people like volunteers, I believe that guiding principles worked. I love so many aspects of this, and that is so true. I don't remember where I heard this quote, and I think it was the original founder of Virgin Air, um, where he said, uh, the most important people in your business are not your clients, it's your employees, because without great employees, you won't have any clients. That is absolutely right. It is your number one asset, you bet. It really is. It really is. And the other part of it is surrounding yourself with good people. And I guess my mom was right back in the day when she said, pick your friends wisely. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we are the culmination of those people we surround ourselves with. And if you surround yourself with people that are brilliant and smarter and better and faster than you, then uh, your job is to keep up with them. And that's not a bad job to have. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Well said. I like it. Well, let's go back in time. Now, I love the story about your uh, father and grandfather and these cars that they had. But how about you? Tell us a story that instigated your personal passion for cars, that pivotal moment when you knew you were a car guy. Well, believe it or not, and I can remember this day like it was yesterday, even though it was... Um, I was five years old, and and my father had just purchased one of the last to be manufactured uh, Arnold Bristols. Oh, wow. That's a unique car for the United States. It is. It is, especially for Omaha, Nebraska, you know. Yeah. He he bought it from a friend in the local SCCA chapter, and 
I can remember the street we were on, and I can remember shouting at my father, pull the wheel, pull the wheel. Well, that, that doesn't make any sense to anybody, but my father, who convinced his five-year-old son that in order to make the car go faster, he would pull the the wheel, the steering wheel, towards him. And that, that Arnold Bristol was built on the 404 Bristol chassis, and it had an adjustable wheel. Mm. And so you could grab it and pull it close to you, or you could push it and take it back. And so he coordinated that with the, you know, <laughs> with, with how the fast you were going. Yeah, and so I would scream, pull the wheel. Well, dad didn't pull the wheel until he hit about 2,800 RPM. And I'm telling you, that <laughs> Bristol, that Bristol two liter engine, when you hit 3,000 and it comes on cam, it yeah. sounds so sweet. And even though I was five years old, I can remember the joy that my father had uh, the, the joy in his face when he was listening to that engine and and i knew then i was a car guy wow awesome story what fun and now i'm thinking the arnold bristol is that the car that has the kind of inboard set headlights in the grill in yes. the front? yeah it does yes yes very much so body body designed by bertoni yeah yeah bertoni that's okay that's what i was trying to remember who designed that car because it's so unique and different looking and of course, you saw those cars on the streets, but also racetracks, of course. And yeah, uh, they were very successful. They, I think, yeah. in '55, they were took one, two, and three, I believe, in the two-liter Sebring race. Mm, Absolutely, very cool. Yeah. The other thing that was fun was my grandfather. I, my grandfather, you know, as I said earlier, he started this whole thing when my grandfather died in 1970. Mm-hmm. He left my father the only remaining 12-cylinder Voisin. It oh. was called. It was called the C-20, my lord, and built in 1931. Wow. And my grandfather bought that car at auction in around 1950 in Chicago, restored it. And uh, that car is currently in the John Rich collection in Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, I mean, very, that is very fun. Well, for you folks that have not heard that before, it's a very unique automobile and if, if my memory serves me right, they had a whole bunch of those on the lawn at Pebble Beach not too long ago. Um, yeah, and uh, well, the, the car that, that my grandfather owned actually won the Amelia Island Concours about uh, six or seven years ago. So and that was the car? That, I know yeah, that car. Yeah, That was the car that my grandfather owned for over 20 years. The oh other car gosh. he left my father in 1972 or 70 was a uh, 1948 Tucker. And, and oh my that, gosh! And, and that is the Black Tucker, which is currently owned by the Peterson Museum. Oh my so, goodness! Yeah, so I, you know, I can remember being a, a kid of ten, ten, twelve years old, you know, climbing under the car cover and getting inside the Voisin. I mean, it was, you know, it's just unbelievable. Oh and I was at goodness. Amelia when that car sold at auction about wow. six years ago. Oh my goodness! Wow, yeah, I, it, that is. Some incredible history in your family, that's for a sure. Lot, wow. A lot of fun. Very, very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Now, being entrepreneurs, you and your whole family knows this is a roller coaster ride sometimes. I mean, things happen that are out of our control. Sometimes we make mistakes, but I would love for you to tell us about one of your big challenges or failures. Walk us through it and then tell us what did that experience teach you so you can move forward. You know, the the biggest challenge that I've ever had in my lifetime actually came out of the horror of, of 9-11. It's hard to talk about 9-11 and, and, what, and what that did to the economy and how it affected your own business, given the heartbreak of all the families who lost their loved ones. 
But uh, my business, Ren's Display, builds trade show exhibits. And we do large format graphics, and travel came to a stop. Yep. After after nine eleven, and uh, mm-hmm. it took a long time for the trade show business to come back. You know, in the meantime, cash flow is the lifeblood of any business, and you know, I truly thought that the business that was founded in eighteen ninety five and owned by my family, you know, since nineteen thirty five, I thought it was going to go down on my watch. Uh, so that was a that was a horrible horrible time for me, and you know, a lot of sleepless nights. And I was uh, you know tempted to lay people off, you know, because you know people are your bi- biggest assets, but they're also expensive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I knew that if I did that, I I would not get them back. So fortunately, business began to return, and I was also interested. I should say, introduced to a business consultant who had helped my company get through those tough times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he helped restructure our financials and restructure the way we were operating and helped me recruit more great people to what I like to call the Wren's Display Bus. And then he helped me get all those people in the right seats. So (laughs) that was was a big, big, big challenge for me. I think I recognize that book we're talking about, too. So uh, it's great. Good to great. Yeah, great book. Um, Well, My takeaway from this is a couple things, and one that you pointed out, and a lot of people are are somewhat timid to do this. Seek help. Ask for help. Go out there and find a consultant or talk to people who might have gone through similar situations or going through it, and what are you doing? Because a lot of people don't want to look like they're failing, and especially when you had that torch of all those decades, and you thought the flame was going to go out on your run. Oh, my gosh. Talk about the pressure. But what was the biggest takeaway for you? From that experience, when you own a company that is as old as mine is, you know you find yourself just doing things certain ways because you've always done it that way. You know, mm, yeah. I mean, we were growing uh, in technology, we were growing in the kind of equipment we were buying, but but our basic processes were were flawed, and uh, and we and we and we really needed help. You know, we needed a, a roadmap to run on, and I was introduced uh, to a gentleman at a, at a lunch. A really likable guy, very knowledgeable. You know, he was dressed in a beautiful suit, and, and after, you know, after he listened to my business concerns, he was in the the business of being a, a consultant. He'd been in the life insurance business and had gotten out of that, so he'd already retired from his his business career, and he had relied on consultants. So he wanted to do that. And so I decided to take him on, and and he came into Omaha. I picked him up at the airport, but when I pulled up, I noticed that he didn't have that beautiful suit on. He had a bright yellow bow tie. <laughs> and, I thought, <laughs> and I thought, what in the hell? What, you know, what is going on here? Who is and this so, guy? Yeah, and so as we drove to the plant, I finally couldn't take it any longer. I couldn't control my laughter, and, I, and his name was Roger. I said, Roger, what is the deal with the outfit today? So my aha moment came and he smiled and he said, you just can't believe what people will tell a smiling old man in a yellow bow tie. Oh my gosh. This and is he awesome. came in and he came in to interview everyone who worked for me. And by the time he got done, he said to me, I can help you. This is a great company and worked with him for over 20 years. Matter of fact, I just spoke with him two days ago. He's not traveling anymore, but I speak to him often. So, so my aha moment had to do with a yellow bow tie. You know, this is a great story, and I appreciate you jumping ahead to my next question about an aha moment. But this is 
This is really valuable information for anybody in, in several fronts, I believe, who's in business for themselves. And that is seek help. We talked about that before, but also, and I've been asked to consult businesses over the last few years. And I'll tell you, it's the same thing. If you go into a company and you just start talking to people and you're open and you have a smile on your face and you say, I'm not here to chop heads or make radical changes. I'm just here to ask questions. People will tell you things that you can relay back to the owners that they would never tell That's the right. owner for, for fear, mostly. You are because, absolutely right. Yeah, and that fear is really what I always say an acronym for false evidence assumed real. They think if they say something that, hey, boss, we need to change something, that the boss will go, well, see you later. Who are you to tell me what to do? But I love the bow tie. Next time I do a consulting gig, I'm going to wear a bow tie, <laughs> a yellow bow tie. I'm going to consult my good friend and past guest, Donald Osborne, who's a wonderful <laughs> car guy. And you probably know Donald. I mean, I everybody do. does. I do know yeah. him, yes. Yeah, and he always wears the coolest bow ties. I mean, he's one of those guys he could get. I'd look like a little dumb kid in a bow tie, but he can get away with it. He just, he's always so sharp. And uh, for those of you who don't know Donald, uh, my goodness, uh, just Google his name or you can come to the Cars Out website and listen to two shows. He's been on the show several times. And of course, he's on Jay Leno's Garage. So I love it. The bow tie. Now we know Donald's secret. That's That's exactly right. I actually (laughs) met Donald for the first time at uh, Monterey. We were working the Retro Auto uh, show for Garage Graphics, and -hmm. he was sitting with Michael Furman, with Michael Furman's new book, uh, Britannia. Uh And uh, yeah, it's uh, a great, great guy. (laughs) And, you know, to, to talk about the challenges and to expound a little bit more about what you just said about trying to find all the things that you're struggling with, sometimes you need a consultant to help you hear the bad news. Yes, yes. Nobody wants to hear the bad news. Uh, Of course they don't. So it's hard to sit through that. But then on the flip side, you also get to hear the good news. What what does your company do well? And so then you work on the bad things and you you, you amplify the good things. Exactly. Very very, well said. (laughs) And you mentioned Michael Furman. He's been a guest on the show, too. Wonderful photographer. Oh, spectacular. Oh, yeah. And that book that they did together uh, was just brilliant. We gave one away here on Cars, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Listeners, go back and check that out. Check out the book, too. It's fantastic. Well, let's talk about your first really special car. Now, we talked about all the other people in your life who has cool cars. What was your first (laughs) really special car and maybe share a memory about that vehicle well that is that's that is a fun story i mean when you're you know when you we have a father who's a car guy you know you'd think that you know he would make sure that you could jump in a car as quickly as possible <laughs> uh and it, i was blessed in the fact that my mother drove a 1967 gto so i was able to use that when my mother would let me use it but my father had a rule that he would not let any of us kids i had an older brother younger sister he would not let any of us own our own car until we were 18. Oh, wow. And only then was, would he buy and help us with 50% of the car. Mm-hmm. So the more money we saved, the better mm-hmm. car we could get by the <laughs> that, time we were That 18. was what he was up to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so the, the, the first car I wanted, I tried to convince him, two cars. The first was a Cooper S, uh, Mini Cooper, and then oh. I found a TR4. Both were rusted. So you know what? And yeah. Dad said, I'm not putting my 50% in those cars. <laughs> not those. <yeah. laughs> so finally, I found a 1970 Grabber Blue Mach 1 Mustang. It was fantastic. I had the shaker hood and four-speed, the 351 Cleveland. 
you know, the deluxe interior, air conditioning and all that. And I, I talked to the owner and I tried to talk him down to the price that I could afford, but I just, I couldn't get there. Not with his 50% and mine, my father's and mine. Yeah. And I looked at Dad, and Dad said, I'm sorry, you know, you better keep yeah. looking. So as we, as we walked away, I noticed the owner was watching us pretty intently, and I turned around. We were only 200 bucks off. And I turned to him, and I said, how about if I split it with you? And he said, I'll do that. And my father whispered to me, you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. where are you going to get the 100 bucks? I said, I said, Dad, you're a car guy. You'll loan it to me. <laughs> he said, he smiled. He said, "Okay." Oh, so I've nice. always been uh, I've always been a Mustang guy. As a matter of fact, when it's not sm- snowing here in Nebraska, I drive the new Shelby GT350, and it is a nice. fantastic yeah. car. That flat plane crank and 8250 RPM limit. It's uh, uh, amazing, amazing car. Ah, uh, wonderful story. I like that. I like your dad. Smart guy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, my parents did the same for me. Um, they didn't make me wait till I was 18, but they did offer to pay half. But mine wasn't nearly as cool as your car. It was a 67 Chevy Nova that was like four, <laughs> 400 bucks. But, you know, it was a really cool car. It was a very nice car. It was a little old lady-owned car, perfect condition. Uh, sure. This was back in the uh, in the 70s. But um, it served me well for a year. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, nice when parents help out and teach great lessons along the way. How about seller's remorse? Is there... The car you've let go that you wish you had back? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, that's an easy one, too. And it has to do with the Arnold Bristol that I talked about. So my father owned that car all my all my all all the years that I grew up. I have wonderful, wonderful memories of, of that car. And in college, my father mentioned to me that he was, you know, he just wasn't driving the Bristol. And he also, at the same time, had a, had a 63 aluminum-bodied Supersport Morgan. And oh. it was the Morgan that I learned to drive a four-speed on. Nice. And at the time, I was, I'd, I'd had an old Corvette, and I convinced my father to trade. And I really don't think he wanted to sell the Bristol, and he kind of liked the Corvette. So, so I, got that, I got the Bristol away from him. But then seven years later, after my second child was born, uh, my family really needed a bigger house. And um mm-hmm. So I decided to sell the Bristol to a collector that I knew in, in California. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, when the hauler came for the car and I watched it leave, I, I honestly had tears in my eyes. I was so yeah. hurt. It was the right thing to do at the time. There's no sure. doubt about it. Yep. But I swore, I swore that one day I'd, I'd again own, own an Arnold Bristol. And about two years ago, I found one in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, it was just coming off a complete restoration, and I am proud to say that it is in my garage. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's a sad story that has a happy ending. A happy ending. Ah, uh, well, I've I've heard a thousand and seven sad stories before yours, Doug. So we're not alone, <laughs> yeah, and I've got yeah. I've got my own as well. But you know, at the time, yep, cars uh, become assets that uh, can offer different things. Mostly, it's usually to family or sending your kids to school, which is my case, right. or whatever it might be. So you're always a little happy, but yeah, a little bit sad to see it go. But I'm so happy you got another one. And that's a rare car to find, too. So it, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit more with our listeners about Renz Display. And I want to make sure they know how that's spelled. R-E-N-Z-E, but pronounced Renz, and garagegraphics.net. So what can they expect to find when they come to your business and seek out your services and products? Well, thank you. I, uh, Ren's display is, 
as, as I've already said, you know, a very, very old company. And we do interior branding and build uh, exhibits, traveling exhibits. And it has been the capabilities that we have, 90,000 square feet. We employ about 45 people. And it's, it's from the skills and the equipment and the capabilities that we have that I launched Garage Graphics. And garagegraphics.net is a great place to go. It explains everything that we do. And, and, and we can make these amazing displays up to 40 feet wide by 10 feet tall. Yeah, that's and, incredible. Uh, and we can do it in, in both front-lit, back-lit, uh, wall-hung, freestanding. And as I said before, the, this type of product can also be uh, shipped you know, via UPS because it all breaks down and the fabric folds and the, uh, the framework uh, assembles on site. The other thing that's really exciting about what we're doing is we represent some of the best automotive photographers and artists. Uh, so when you go to garagegraphics.net, you'll find work by Michael Furman. Um, You know, you'll find work by David Townsend. David's cutaway illustrations are just unbelievable. And I think that you've interviewed David. Incredible Um, artist. Absolutely. And we're currently working on one right now of uh, Dan Gurney's Formula One Eagle that he won the 1967 uh, Belgian Mm. Grand Prix in. Uh, and it is one of David's cutaways. It's it's life size. So wow. the wheelbase uh, center to center to center of the wheels is about an eighth of an inch off of real. And <laughs> wow. uh, and we're currently working on that to be placed in All American Racing. Uh, I was wow. actually working with Dan and his wife before he sadly passed away. Wow! And right now we're working with Dan's son Justin. That piece is in production and. We should be installing it uh, soon. Oh, sounds fantastic. So I would assume a lot of the work you do are for companies and businesses, but also if somebody has a garage and they want to do a cool display, so they could either pick some of your art or could they send a photo of their own car and you can create one? Absolutely, you can. We're working on a project right now. A gentleman sent in a photo of DB2 Aston Martin. We shipped uh, a couple weeks ago a real fun project, a gentleman in San Diego who who wanted to photograph the tail of a brand-new GT3 Porsche. Mm -hmm. And we blew it up life-size and Mm -hmm. also incorporated a sound system that Porsche is now making (laughs) based on the GT3 a muffler system, the tailpipe. Yeah, yeah. So it's the cool. actual tailpipes of the car. And it's all backlit, and the stereo system fits right where it should within this about seven foot by seven foot backlit. He's got it in a two story condo. It's just stunning. <laughs> so we've been, uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of, we've been having a lot of fun. Obviously, the place to go to learn about this, listeners, garagegraphics.net. Pour yourself a long drink because you're going to have some fun seeing all the cool stuff that they create there. It is really, really neat. And my goodness, 90,000 square foot facility with 45 people. That's huge. So uh, kudos to you for what you've built and, and carried on in this legacy. Very nice. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Doug. If you were a car, what kind of car would Doug be and why? Yeah, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough one. You know, I, I think the E-Type Jag. Um, oh, Nice. I, you know, I guess it's every guy's dream, you know, that you could turn turn a woman's head. And I think an E-Type <laughs> would definitely do that. But, you know, the other, yes. thing that, the other thing I love about that car, especially the coupe, uh, you know, is it was so beautifully designed. And yet an E-Type really has the heart of a lion. And, you know, that yeah. that overhead cam six won Lamar five times. 
And just like the Bristol, you know, it makes a mean yet sophisticated noise yes. that is really amazing. So, you know, I kind of like the V-type because I think a little bit like it kind of walks softly and carries a big stick, you know, and I kind of yeah. like being associated with that. Well, and of course, I think it was Enzo who said it was the most beautiful car he'd ever seen, and he, then he went into probably sulking for a few weeks, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> oh my right. gosh, that's what right. have they done, those darn British guys? But uh, yeah, the E-Type, my listeners know that's what started it for me is the E-Type. That was my first passion when I was a little kid. And I have a, a friend, he grew up down the street from me here, and he's grown up and gone. He's kind of my, a little older than my kids, Kevin. And uh, just the other night he came by, he's got an E-Type 66 that he brought by. This oh, just yeah. beautiful car. And, you know, the thing about those, when you go up and walk to one nowadays, as big as cars have gotten, it's a little car. You yeah, think of yeah. it as this long thing, but it, it's not that big. And it's just, it's like a little jewel just yes. sitting there. It's just yes, I, nice I absolutely choice. agree. I'm, I'm yeah. fortunate to own a 67 coupe. And I, oh. And I, I just... I just love it. It's only got 27,000 original miles and actually was found by my father down in Phoenix. And oh. I'm really, really fortunate to own it. Nice place to find a car, too, the desert where things are dry. So, you bet. Uh, you bet. Very cool. Well, Doug, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material, and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Doug, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Jag's throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
Well, you know, I think that the best advice, uh, again, it's been quite obvious from this interview, my father had a big influence on me, and I and I think it relates to the older cars that I love and collect. Um, mm-hmm. all, all the cars that I own are from 54 to about... Well, I do have a 2002 Morgan Plus 8, but you know it was designed in 68, so yes. <laughs> most, of the yeah. cars, most of the cars are from the 60s. Yeah. And uh, my father used to always tell me, don't abuse a transmission. Mm. And he used to say, brake pads are a lot cheaper than replacing a gearbox. Yes. And boy, yeah. that was especially true in my 10 years of vintage racing. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I can recall, uh, you know, guys coming back into the pits and saying they broke off the shift lever. Well, you mm. know what? You know, just drive the right line and drive consistently. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. going to pick up time on the track by shifting, speed shifting that box. No, so especially not in an old car. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I raced a Lotus 18, 1960 Formula Junior, oh, and it had a, yeah. Re- had a Renault gearbox in the back, a Renault Ooh. Dolphine gearbox. So you had to be so delicate with that mm-hmm. thing because... You could just explode it and go try to find a Renault Dolphin gearbox somewhere. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, bet, good luck. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, I think the most important thing, well, one very important thing, I don't know if it's the most, is to start your day early. You know, it's the best time of the day. It's a great time to work out, to stay healthy. And, and I think you think more clearly early in the morning. Yep. So start your day. Start your day early. Absolutely. Get a jump ahead of everybody, and uh, while everyone's asleep, you got some quiet time to do your own thing. So, yeah, exactly. it's a great thing. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources, including your company, of course, but is there a resource you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, I thought about this a little bit, and, and I, I guess it has to relate to my own, you know, what, where do I spend my time? And mm-hmm. uh, I've talked a little bit about Morgan's, my father owning one, learning to drive. I also had a, uh, I ordered a new 2013 Morgan three-wheeler, which was an absolute, oh. <laughs> absolute huge boot. It just, just uh, was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. I think a great resource for Morgan's is a website called talkmorgan.com. Mm, and that's cool. a lot of fun for anybody who's a Morgan nut. And it's, it would be a, an interesting resource for anyone who wants to know more about Morgan. There you go. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I think Dan Gurney. You know, I was uh, uh, yeah. so excited about being introduced to him, and I was introduced to him by the oh, there's a new uh, a seller of sports and vintage cars in uh, Newport Beach, Morrison Welford, and they introduced me to the Gurney family. And I uh, was exchanging email with Dan Gurney, and I was so excited about it. I mean, he he was very excited about David Townsend's uh, illustration. And the, and 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 so it's great that we're going to continue that with Justin uh, Gurney. But I think Dan, because of the Ford GT40, he won Le Mans the first time, and that's one of my favorite race cars. And I think that the Gurney Formula One Eagle is, in, to me, it's it's the most beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It would be fun. Oh. It'd be fun to sit and have a drink with him. I wanted so terribly to have him on this show, and the last, of course, few years of his life have been a little bit of a challenge with his health issues, and I was never able to get that lined up, and I was just uh, so bad, because I'd met him some several times. In fact, I had Steve Anderson, who's a beautiful illustrator, uh, do a painting or drawing, I should say, of the Gurney Eagle, and then I had Dan sign it, and uh, he was wow. gracious enough to do that. But you mentioned... Uh, 
Morrison Welford. I had uh, Malcolm on the show recently, oh. and I'm going to have his business partner, Mike, on the show. Mike oh, Morris good. from good. Morrison Welford. So, yeah, they're all one big happy family here. Well, so. we have, uh, they have a lot of our garage graphics, light boxes, and big, uh, big fabric uh, graphics in their showroom. Ah, okay. Well, next time I'm down there in Southern California, good. which should be soon, going to head down for the La Jolla Concora. Maybe I should uh, drive north to Newport Beach and, and check those out. Very nice. They've got some beautiful cars. In fact, uh, past guest Derek Hill. Uh, was in there recently, and on Facebook he posted they had one of his dad uh, dad's cars from way back when in yeah. their showroom. So uh, that was pretty good, Phil Hill's cars. So nice. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? You know, I think it's a wonderful book. It's a book uh, written by a gentleman by the name of uh, Carl Sewell, and it's called yeah. Customer for Life. <laughs> I love that book. Yeah, It is fantastic. You know, it tells the story of how to turn a one-time buyer into a lifetime customer, and yep. and it's been kind of our Bible, I mean, when it comes to our customer service here at Renz. So I, I would it highly is, recommend yeah. it. You know, it is a wonderful book. I read that book, gosh, way over a decade ago, maybe 15-plus years ago, and this is back when I was working at Grio's Garage, and I introduced many of those concepts to our customer service department and yeah. even internally how the people worked. And I've recommended it to so many people as a great business book, a really fantastic book. Um, love it. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources that Doug has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYa.com, type in Doug Buchanan. And his page will pop right up, and there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books for this book. And, oh, my gosh, there's over a 1,000 books there now listed from uh, my past guests. Great resource if you love to learn things. Bit of a challenge for you. I call it a doozy question. Uh, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, but you can only have one in your garage. you got to get rid of everything else. Sorry, but that's just for today, of course. But money's no object. So that means I'm going to buy you any car on the planet. So what's it going to be? Wow. I'm really torn on this one. Um, I've talked so much about my father during this interview, and and my dad is a World War II veteran. Uh, He's awesome. alive and well and lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, even better. Yay. He, well, it gets better than that. He's 91 years old, and he still drives his 1999 Dodge Viper. <laughs> oh, my he's, God. He's I, driven, I love he, your dad. <laughs> he's driven the car 150,000 miles. Oh, I really love him. Yeah. It, it may awesome. be the highest mileage Viper in existence. Well, good for Well, he I knows know, the value but, of a cool car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope to one day own it and and cherish it and I and I, I, I and maybe pass it down to my son and I bet you he'll cherish it too. But if it was only one car, I think it would have to be a car that I'm so fortunate to own as and it would be that fifty four Arnold Bristol. It just has so many memories for me and it makes such a unbelievable noise. The styling by Bertoni is just uh, really, really special. So I think I'm going to hang on to my Arnold Bristol. Well, you made it easy for me today. I love it when my guests already have their cars of their dreams because that means I don't have to get my checkbook out. But <laughs> but more more importantly, it means they found that thing that's special in their life. And, and for car guys, that's really hard because most of us, you know, we, we we're always shooting high and the car values, of course, are crazy these days. And I mean, there's plenty of cars I wish I could have that are just so far out of reach. I have to buy the right lottery ticket. But uh, I'm glad you have the car you love. I think that's fantastic. And especially with the relationship with your dad. And oh, my gosh, I love your dad driving a Viper 150,000 miles. <laughs> that guy knows how to live. Kudos <laughs> to your he's dad. Been, he's been blessed. Yeah, he's a smart guy, too. That's for sure. Well, Doug. You've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow audience. 
Would you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the racetrack in that 54 Arnold Bristol? I think that uh, one of the guiding principles that I've always gone by, and it, it was in a letter that, uh, again, Dad, you know, wrote to me 45 years ago, and I still have the letter. You know, one of the lines in there was, the man you see in the mirror every morning is the man you must account to for the rest of your life. So today and every day, act accordingly. And uh, I've never never forgotten that. It's a great, great quote. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Renz Display and GarageGraphics.net? Yeah, it would be uh, Renz.com or uh, GarageGraphics.net. And I hope that your your listeners will will stop and and take a look at, uh, at some of the galleries, some of the amazing art. And it's just a great way to add some automotive frosting to your garage, your business, <laughs> or your home. Absolutely. And I'll remind you, Renz is R-E-N-Z-E, but more importantly, garagegraphics.net. Check it out. I mean, you're going to find some really cool things, and, and many of those artists are past guests from here on Cars Yeah, so you can listen to their stories and learn more about them. But And your website's fairly new, so that's cool, too. So uh, check it out. I'll make sure I have links on Doug's show notes page, or just go to Easy to Remember Garage graphics.net listeners you can find everything again we've talked about on doug's show notes page at carsyad.com doug buchanan just type it in the search bar and that page will pop right up doug thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the cars yeah listeners until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thank you mark i appreciate it it's been fun this was great fun thank you If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!